0: Welcome to the High Performance Gym, the personal and business development podcast for health coaches and personal trainers. My name is Keith Witherspoon, former personal trainer and gym owner, turned high performance coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help coaches develop their entrepreneurial qualities and the business to create a freedom focused lifestyle. I believe we all have a uniqueness that we need to unleash to achieve this, and this is your genius. Each week, I'll be bringing you an inspiring person or message to help you perform at a higher level so you can become a confident and resilient coach to build the business of your dreams. So thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so welcome to today's episode. So today, I'm joined with Rebecca Fox. Rebecca is a former PT and business owner, turned emotional intelligence consultant, specializing, who specializes in high-performance and mindset so welcome to today's episode Rebecca.
1: Hi care. thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome so where has your where did your journey begin because you're going, we're going to start with because you have a really great background and we've just been literally been on the podcast there and I didn't know this uh, but your background is really amazing that I think a lot of people can be inspired by so can you just give us a little bit of background about where you are before you went into personal training and maybe how you got into personal training?
1: Yeah, so I've always ridden horses all my life. Horses are a big part of my life. Um, When I was 15, I was at a competition riding and I got approached by someone who said, we want you to come and ride for us. And not only do we want you to come and ride for us, but we're also (laughs) funded by the lottery. So the world class development program, and we want you to come and ride for Team GB. So nice. yeah, fifteen, packed my bags, off I went, and basically I'm your class as an athlete. So when you get put on the program, you get assessed, you get your mental ability assessed, you get all your your dietary needs done, and when they assessed me, they discovered I was hypermobile, and at the time I had no idea what that was. So they said, right, you've either got to do Pilates or yoga because you know, you've got to make sure you're in top shape, all this sort of stuff. And I thought, my God, you know, I'm working six days a week, I'm riding insane horses and you want me to do more exercise. So picked the yoga, did the yoga purely for its physical benefits, nothing else. And that's where the yoga started. So for five years, I rode for GB, went all around the UK and Europe competing got ranked into number three. So that was really cool. And then I met a guy and started a new life with him. And the business I built with him was still equine. So I produced horses, I imported and exported horses and sold them, got clients in to buy them, that kind of stuff that went on for eight years. Then I decided to leave him. And when I left him, I had to leave my house, my business. My entire life just basically upped and left. Had a little bit of money and I thought, okay, what am I gonna do now? Because in the horse world, if you don't have your own property, it's really hard to make money because people are always sick, horses are sick. You know, the money's never consistent income. You know, you've either got a lump of money or you've got nothing, or you'll find some of you are really busy, You get your little pot of gold. Come the winter, your pot of gold's gone you start again so I didn't want to be in that situation I'd run really good business with the horses before so I thought okay what am I good at what can I do so I'd always sort of trained I'm good at teaching and coaching that was part of what I did so I thought okay I'm really good at yoga (laughs) why don't I become a yoga instructor like I love fitness I love the whole side of well-being let's let's do that so i wanted the quickest possible route for it and i found a course where i could become a pt and then i would basically do the yoga as an add-on so got my pt qualification got the yoga qualification i think i did it in nine months it was really quick and then i just put myself out there and after about six months of doing yoga yoga teaching which is what i did i didn't bother with the pt side of things just because i knew from being in gyms and seeing what went on it just wasn't something that sat right with me it just didn't didn't feel right so built built up a really big following uh, in essex where i'm from and then i thought okay what are we missing right here like We're missing something. I don't want to be working or teaching. I was doing 20 hours a week of teaching yoga, and it's bloody hard when you're doing it as well. So, what are we missing? And I've been into London loads of times for events and various other things, and found some amazing centers that combined so many different elements of wellness. And I just thought, why haven't we got this in Essex? Like, this. This is amazing. Why don't we have more of these available? So <laughs> I went to my bank, had a chat with them, business manager, and he said, right, you've just got to get a plan together. We've got to find some properties and let's see if we can get you the money. Okay. So this was all like completely new to me. And I, you know, one thing I always say to people, if it, if it frightens you, but feels right, like do it. If it frightens you and feels wrong, back the hell away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd agree with that absolutely.
1: (laughs) So, did all my plan. I knew the vision. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew the kinds of people I wanted to get involved, and I had quite a big network, so that was you know that was doable. Went back to the bank. He was great, the guy that I worked with. Showed him everything. I said, "This is what I want to do." I found a couple of venues, like let's let's do this so fortunately the venue i wanted was was within the price range of the money that i could get hold of and i just went for it just went for it got a five-year lease on it signed the lease went in took four months to kit it all out we had two studios upstairs downstairs we had a private gp we had a chiropractor we had Yeah, it, it was like the, the whole shebang. We had a nutritionist and we had an acupuncturist and a lady that come and did sports massage like a few days a week. So it was like your hub for wellness. People that wanted to look after their minds, their bodies, everything was available under one roof. So that just, it blew up. It did really, really well. And I had a great response from it. For me, the hardest thing about that was dealing with people because while for me, that was my baby, like that was my world, that business, and it was growing, it was getting bigger, but of course, things like that, you can't do on your own. You know, like you do need a team and you need to let go of, let go of that power a little bit and trust that they can deliver because you can't do it all. But of course, people do let you down. <laughs> people yeah. are not always honest. So that was the hardest part for me, actually, was dealing with that. But I did develop a great team. It went really, really well. And then of course we get the pandemic, don't we? <laughs> of
0: course, because that's what what's happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're living your dream. You know, for me, in all honesty, I felt like I'd made it. I was like, right. I'm where exactly where I want to be I was working three days a week yeah they were quite long but I was at the point where I always had Friday to Mondays off I could literally pack up and go if I wanted nothing was ever a problem life for me was made if you want to say that pandemic hits and it's like yeah okay we got closed down like the whole thing had to shut so you know that broke my heart, literally. So initially I thought, okay, this pandemic is a load of rubbish. We're going to have like two months, three months, and we're going to be back buzzing. So, you know, let's just ride it out. Let's just move some money. Let's sort things out. I'm going to transition online. So I said to all the people that I worked with because everyone underneath, underneath my umbrella was self-employed. So I didn't actually have any employees. So I reached out to them and said, right, I'm going to put an online studio. Who's with me? Not one person wanted to join me.
0: Really? Not one? Not
1: one person wanted to join me online.
0: Did they give you any reasons why not?
1: I believe they are all getting some kind of money from the government. I would would guess. I think, you know, when pandemic first hit, it was a novelty. You know, for some people it was like, OK, we're going to get furloughed or... know we're going to get some money from the government we can just have a holiday we can just chill out like this is great let's just make the most of it but that that doesn't sit right with me (laughs) so yeah i did all the online classes i went back to doing loads and i thought you know i was looking at the figures following everything i thought this isn't getting any better like this is not good so that was march april may june so now june July, August, September. So I had three months when my lease was due for renewal. And at that point, I had pretty much eaten up all of the money. I was now starting to go into overdrafts, various other things to keep everything afloat. So three months I thought, right, this is going to be back up and running. Like this is going to happen. And a big part of my business was the retreat industry so i used to run retreats all over the uk and europe so of course that was a big earner for me that all got shut down there was a lot of money invested in that in properties that money's gone
0: <laughs> so how do you get into some sorry how do you get into something like retreats i've always been intrigued by a lot of people do these retreats i've always been intrigued by how they actually work like how do you get how do you get into that
1: so i How I started is I contacted a yoga instructor who was running retreats and she ran very successful retreats. And I just asked her how it worked. And she said she went for a provider that basically did the whole package for her. So contacted this provider, the rates were just through the roof. They were so expensive. And I thought, no, there's got to be an easier way. So. For me, I knew because I've been on yoga retreats that were just awful, overpriced and didn't deliver on quality and what what was sold to me. If I was going to do retreats, I wanted them to be different. I wanted them to be, you know, once in a lifetime for people. Yes, they were going to be high ticket price if you want to put it in that bracket. But I wanted to be in a manor house. I wanted to be in castles. I wanted to be in places that you'd never get the chance to go to plus I didn't want it yeah exactly so I just googled manor houses in Kent you know castles in Italy I just googled it and found loads loads of venues contacted them direct this is what I want to do this is who I am can you give me your rates So they'd come back and one of the things about yoga retreats and, and it, you could do like fitness retreats, you know, I know I'm putting this in the box here, but let's say any retreat, you know, when we get to a certain age, we don't want to be sharing beds and rooms with people. Nine times out of 10, we want our own room. Right. So for me, it was really important that I found properties that could offer either twin rooms. a double bed not triple rooms or rooms that had four beds in which is what a lot of retreats offer you know i wanted it to be really comfortable for people so got the venues got the prices really easy you know this is the deposit they want on average it was between three and five thousand okay and then i'd just find a caterer i would just wherever the area is let's say kent for example caterers in kent get a list email them all this is what i'm doing this is the location this is what i want what are the prices get the prices in and then i'd work my packages off of that but what i always did which most people don't do is i would book 18 months to two years in advance as opposed Mm -hmm. to a year because you want to make sure they sell which you know nine times out of ten they do but to get the price in, right. Cause a lot of people struggle to price retreats. So they get it wrong. Then they're out of pocket. You want to make sure you're covered. And because I did everything myself, I needed backup caterers. You know, if they're going to go sick a week before I need to know I've got someone else, I need to know I've got contacts. So I just made contacts. I just reached out, got a big lists together, got my backside covered basically.
0: So that's a lot of. Seems like a lot of organisation on your behalf.
1: Yeah, like don't get me wrong, the retreats, <laughs> the retreats are a lot of work. And
0: I, but did you, you know, enjoy it?
1: Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, it was very rewarding. And like I say, the, the venues that I used to get hold of, you talking you would never get them. You know, they're they're normally used for weddings. They would be used for, you know, Hindus or venues that. You just would never get the chance. You know, you couldn't hire it out for you and your family because they're massive, but you wouldn't get a holiday there either. So it's,
0: you know. How do you sell something like that? I mean, obviously, I mean, did you sell this online or did you just sell this to the members who came into your place?
1: Uh, well, I always put everything online, but I did have a very big following. So again, everything, pretty much everything that I launched sold within three months like things would just sell out really awesome. quickly for me. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand with something like that, if you want to do retreats, is knowing your following. You know, I sort of, I knew roughly how much people earn. I, I knew their class when they were coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I'm going to ask them for two and a half, £3,000 for a week, they're going to pay. You know, there's there's not going to be an issue with that. So I think if you're someone that's looking to do retreats, if that's something you'd love to do, because, you know, you can make 10 grand off off a week of retreats, like 10 grand in one week, you can do that. That's good. good. You know, so it can be done, but again, you've got to know the kinds of people you're dealing with, how much money roughly they've got. Because if you deal with people that, you know, on average, are going to spend a thousand pounds for an all-inclusive holiday, they're not going to spend two and a half, three grand for a retreat. Like you're going to struggle to sell that to them, but they might spend 1,500. So it's knowing the sort of people that you work with, you know, tailoring it around that kind of environment.
0: So you've got to get really clear on the niche.
1: Yeah. And, and another good way to do it, like what I tried doing with PTs was to get, say a PT yoga or Pilates combo, So I had one chap that used to do all spinning and stuff like that. So unfortunately, because the pandemic hit, we couldn't go ahead, but we was going to combine and he was going to do like a cycling. I was going to do the yoga slash holiday. So every day he would take them out cycling. I'd do the bit of the yoga, you know, it was going to be a lot of fun. So then you've got two lots of niches coming together two markets. It's quicker to sell. You're going to sell.
0: That sounds awesome. I've, I've just so always been so intrigued by retreats, and I think the organisation part of it—I don't know whether I could handle that personally—but um, <laughs> I think you've got it if you, if you love doing that type of thing, and it's definitely worth doing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and do you know what the biggest tip I can give you for anyone that wants to to build retreats is get yourself an Excel spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet's the answer to everything, isn't it?
1: Right. So log all of it in there because it is like, once you start reaching out, you forget and you're like, who's this, who's emailing me now, you know, it does get confusing, but a hundred percent, I would say, go, go to people direct, you know, you, you can, there are companies out there that offer you the full package. They'll do everything for you. They'll do the transfers, everything. But ironically, when you speak to people that own these houses or venues, they know people that do transfers. So they will say, do you need transfers? Yes, please. They organize it, you know, and you're, you're probably saving yourself 2,000 pounds by doing it yourself. So,
0: it takes to be saving and putting it in your back pocket, is not it? Yeah. Into something different or another part of your business.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So yeah. I'm guessing with the pandemic, then obviously these retreats have all been knocked on the head. Is, what, what was that? What would that happen when you were saying you got to the three month mark and then
1: yeah so yeah so i'd the money that i'd lost was just phenomenal and it wasn't the fact that i'd lost money i was also now starting to get in a lot of debt which i hadn't been in you know we all have a bit of debt but to get in debt from your business that's a whole different ball game so the debts were starting to come in and I just thought, right, I know I'm going to have to sign another five years. I've had zero support from any of the girls that used to work for me in the studios. I'm not going to want to give them a job back. That you know, like Whether that's right or wrong, that's how I felt. The other guys had sort of found other places and were kind of nipping in different areas. So I was like, okay, do I start afresh? Do I literally start again, you know, with all new rules and regulations that I've now got, you know, meet, obviously the studio is going to have to be halved to enable me to run it. That's half the profit. It just, for me, there was too many red flags. There was too many. This isn't going to work. You know, did I want to go back five years to when I was working 60, 70 hour weeks to make it right? But the difference was back 5 years ago we didn't have legislations in place that we needed to abide by that would affect our business you know like you could run it how you wanted to an extent whereas now we've got you've got to buy you could ha- we had to put screens up they wanted screens up all round reception they cost a fortune you know all of your hand sanitizers the extra cleaning equipment it was just it got out of hand You know, it literally got out of hand and I just thought, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to start again for something that to me had failed. You know, it it succeeded. It's not just ended, it was failing because it was now hemorrhaging money. You know, it was putting me into a point that was getting fairly dangerous, you know. So, yeah, I decided not to re-sign. I gave it up.
0: So how was that? How did that? I mean, it's probably been your baby for what 5 years?
1: Yeah, so I had a good cry. <laughs> I had a really good cry and then I thought, right, you got to pivot. Like you need to pivot now. You've you've pivoted all your life, pivot and sort things out. And I'm a great believer that things happen for a reason. And it was like that was telling me, okay, Now you need a new journey. You need a new direction. And the reality is everything is going online. You know, regardless of the pandemic, you can hit so many more people. You can reach so many more people. So it kind of made sense. You know, I'd always done the mindset coaching and the mindfulness mentoring anyway as part of my packages when I was in the center. So I was like, okay, let's take this online so i did all my my eqi certification so i could do my psychometric testing and now i've just launched programs online and i'm still helping people i'm still changing people's lives but in a slightly different way
0: what i think is really interesting and i actually done a video on this the other day on, on instagram i think it was and it was it was about being aware of your interest, aware of the things that you're trying to gravitate to. I think we all have, Like, if you go into the personal training world, it's, it's it's huge, isn't it? Like you mentioned, you're doing your personal training qualification because that's like, a, you have to get it to be mm-hmm. in a gym. You know, you've got to have this level two, level three. But I think a lot of people that go into personal training and think that's it, I've got to work in a gym and train people on the machines. But there's so many different avenues, isn't there? And I not have to say that starting in the gym isn't a bad thing. But it's just being aware of like what interests you, like what things, what are you gravitating to? What things are you reading? What things are you watching? Because we all have these interests. We generally get into it because we're interested in health and fitness. But what things specifically, like interests you? Like for you, it was clearly the mindset and you know the the emotional side of it. So can you tell us a little bit more about? maybe why you started doing this, even before the pandemic hit, why you started doing the mindset and then the performance side of things?
1: The honest answer is when I left my partner, I also lost my granddad, who was like my dad to me. They, my grandparents pretty much raised me. And spiritualism is a big part of, of the uh-huh. yoga bubble, if you like. And it was something I hadn't necessarily explored. So that in all honesty is pretty much what helped me through that period. You know, to lose absolutely everything and someone I love so dearly, I felt so lost, like my whole identity had gone. And I went to this yoga mentor and he just, he was amazing and he was like, you're very spiritual. You are very in touch with who you are as a person. Let's start to go inside, like, let's do it now. And that for me was when I realized who i not, you know, who I was, what my strengths were, what I actually wanted to do. And something that's been made very you know apparent when you look at the timeline, I am a teacher. I am an instructor. That's what I'm good at. Not only am I good at it, but I'm really passionate. At it. You know, I've got a way of being able to work with people and explain things in many different ways. So as you know, many of us learn differently we've got introverts extroverts that need to be dealt with slightly different and for whatever reason i seem to have that ability to adapt really quickly and really easily to different types of people so my power if you like is in communications teaching training that is definitely that's definitely what i am i am an instructor i am a trainer i'm a teacher my passion is is helping people i love seeing people change their lives and i firmly believe we can all do that you know and putting it from from a pt point of view i think personal trainers underestimate how much power they can have over someone and what i mean by that is like you say most people start in the gym but let's say you've got someone that's 40 50 who's never set foot in a gym they're starting to potentially they're on that diabetic border you know the doctor says you've got to change your life they're going to be scared they're going to feel lost they're going to be confused they're going to be intimidated now if they walk into that gym and they see a buffed up personal trainer that looks like a goddamn greek god don't get me wrong i'd get excited personally (laughs) (laughs) but from their point of view they're going to want to walk out and disappear again However, if you have someone that does look after themselves, has that way with someone, understand shyness, he's good at bringing that out of someone. All of a sudden this PT has just become this person's life saver, life saver. And for me, that's where PTs are kind of missing the point. You know, they're all about, well, we've got, we've got to get on the machines. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. No, listen to that person. What do they want? What do they need? Are you someone that's passionate about nutrition? Because you know, you do your PT qualification and there's a little bit in there, but it doesn't go into massive depths. Does it of, you know, nutrition and stuff you've got enough to play with, but you're certainly not a specialist in that area. If that's something you are passionate about, okay, take yourself down that avenue. Most of us, I'm going to say 80% of people need help with their diet, 80%. So get yourself a specialist in that area. Push yourself forward for that. If someone comes in that's severely overweight, they're not going to be interested in getting a hammering from a PT session. Let's start with the food, like let's be realistic here. So if you're a PT that specializes in that or has been there and done that, they're going to gravitate to you and vice versa. And all of a sudden, again, that's where your power lies. So, yeah, going back to what you said, you know, knowing about what I am and, and who I am and stuff, that that came from that avenue, finding that mentor, going deep into myself. And then, yeah, following the path, following the journey.
0: Now, there's, there's one... There's one thing that I've found that a lot of PTs are really skeptical about, and this is actually getting somebody to help them in the business. And, and rightly so, because I do think there's a lot of people out there who, what one personal trainer actually said was these business business coaches, is what they kind of call them, is the same PTs as low-hanging fruit. Now, I don't believe that. I don't think, I just think, I think that is probably more of an internal belief of this particular person. I just think that everybody needs a coach in some capacity, you know, whether that's with your health, your business, relationships. Everybody needs somebody to kind of guide them and mentor them, don't they? But that doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't do due diligence because you were kind of you 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 were coached, weren't you? That didn't kind of go well.
1: Yeah, I've 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 worked. I lost ten thousand pounds to a coach who. Didn't deliver at all, and you know more for me actually because you could you could argue he's a bit of a celebrity, and I was very much taken over by all the motivational talk, you know, all the Instagram posts. I I thought God, this guy is you know he's a winner. Like he's he's a winner. Of course, you you make the phone call. You don't speak to him direct. You speak to someone on the sales team. They give you some bullshit speech and they're not genuinely listening to you you get signed up because in my head I'm like no 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 I know I want to work with this guy I know he's going to deliver but to me it was an I've never done anything like that it was a group coaching program it was he was American so the time zones were very different there was a couple of calls I had to get up in the middle of the night for which didn't suit me it just didn't work for me and Yeah, I think you've you've got to be careful, you know, when it comes to finding someone. And, And actually, I think if you, you're right with what you say, you do need a coach or a mentor in some area. And I think with certainly with PTs, it's such a saturated market, but equally, there's enough there for everybody, providing you know who you want to serve. You know, if you're just, I'm just a PT and I'm just going to train whoever comes in, you're losing. But, you know, that's being real. You're not going to sell. It's not going to work. So I can assure you when you get on the phone to a potential mentor or someone that you think you want to work with, they're not necessarily going to sell you. They're going to see if you're a good fit, vice versa. And then you're going to know if it's going to work. If they're pushing you to buy into something, step away. Step away yeah, because it's not the right thing. Like you should be able to have a conversation with someone that you're going to be working with, and think, okay, can I work with this person? Is this person genuinely listening to me? Have they got my best interests in heart? That should be the question at the back of your mind.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think one with that kind of good feeling as well, isn't it? I think if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're thinking this isn't right, this something doesn't feel right here, then you have to listen to that especially mm. if you're going to be investing a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think people shouldn't be afraid to invest. That's, that's something I will say, you know, all my life, I have literally gone from not a pot to piss in, like literally nothing to getting a loan, like getting a little bit of money together, whatever, to invest in myself. That's how I've started everything I've ever done. I've always started with nothing, whether I borrowed the money or whatever. I've done it I've got it together I've paid it back and then I've profited so one thing I will say is don't be afraid you know if if you're talking to someone and they say a price and you think Christ you know like don't get me wrong when they said you know it's ten thousand dollars for ten weeks I did have to have a little think but in the back of my mind I was like no 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 this guy is going to deliver like he's got such a presence he cannot not deliver like it was like it was guaranteed, and I didn't get a thing from that. Didn't get a thing from it at all.
0: But you got a lot of experience.
1: Yeah, I did get experience, and it's one of those things, I tell you what, I did learn is that I knew more than what I thought I did. You know, I was on the calls and I was like, I know this.
0: Mm hmm.
1: I already know this. So it was that was like clarification, right? You're in the right place as in mentally, physically, what you're looking to achieve, you're in the right place. So it was good for that, but I certainly didn't get what I was hoping from it.
0: Definitely do you do due diligence. I think that's so important. And I've just gone for the celebrity type of status, which a lot of people do, don't they? Or they do. Yeah. It's, it's it's a case of, oh, this guy has done this, this and this. So I'm going to invest all this money into it. Whereas you're probably better off paying half the money and working with somebody maybe who doesn't have that status, but is going to do absolutely everything to get you in the position that you want to be in.
1: Yeah. And I think that's and, the difference. Oh, for sure. And that you're spot on there because he was too big. We had 628 people in the group. How
0: many? 628?
1: 628. Yeah.
0: 628, so, all paying 10 grand each.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly he was absolute you know but he didn't give a shit he'd turn up and then calls he would talk at people and that was it that was done twice a week that's all you get from him you wouldn't get any support in the group you know but it was because he was too big that's what it was he was constantly making podcasts videos on youtube he was constantly with the online presence So didn't have
0: time for the actual value that he could be given
1: exactly Exactly. So, and I agree with you. I think you are better to go with someone not necessarily smaller because it doesn't mean they're not as good, but they will a hundred percent push to deliver. That's for sure. Like you're going to be.
0: Yeah, I would hold it, totally agree with that. It's, it's that they would push to deliver. They would go. You know, it's like you know, personal training is good. Personal training, the gym. When I was coaching people in the gym, I would do everything I can to get that does that mean that you have to sit up one night and and try and solve a problem that you can't course it does because you really care about that person you care about that person getting that result it's not just well okay the gym's finished but dorothy i'll see you next monday at the same time it's like okay dorothy's having this problem and she can't get past it you might need to go and do some research on that and go back to her and give her the best possible service that you can and
1: yeah and something i'd like to add into that as well is like Again, I think a lot of PTs have this very one track mind as in okay, I'm certified, now I'm gonna go out, and all I can offer is a one-to-one session for £40 an hour. And you know, I'm just throwing that figure out there. But you know, like what you just said, let let's get real here. Someone might need a bit more, they might need a bit more accountability from you. Now you can charge for that. Like you can charge for that. Someone might want more nutrition work you can charge for that there's so much more that can be charged and be added on you know it's a service that you provide and I think that's certainly from pts that I've spoken to where they've struggled they've got sour because they're like I'm working you know I'm I'm doing 40 clients a week or whatever they want blood from me and all I'm getting is you know by the time I've paid my rent and everything I'm, I'm taking home sort of 800 pound a month or whatever you know well okay now let's look at your structure are you getting paid by the hour or are you selling them a three-month package yes oh they're, they're paying me by the hour okay there's your problem because you need to be salaried you need to know i'm getting five grand a month you need to know what you're getting you can't live week by week with the promise of you know people paying an hourly rate it doesn't work and pts are still doing that and they're still coming up short because you know what it's like people go sick then if you say right you're going to have to pay for that session they don't turn up you never see them again because there's another pt that will take them on cheaper exactly and it's not about you know being cheaper it's about showing that you're serious you show someone you're serious they're either going to be serious and step up or they're not and if they're not they're not for you walk away
0: it's a, it's, but it's it's good for both clients and coach because then it's okay, okay, this is what it's going to be. We're doing this for eight, 12 weeks, whatever it is, but this is the result. Like, I'm not selling you how much it is. What I'm doing is I'm selling you the result because this is what's yes. going to happen at the end. Then the sessions become irrelevant. The extra work that you have to do becomes irrelevant because it's that end goal that you want to achieve. And you get to the end of that end goal, your client has the result. Both people are happy as opposed to, well, it's thirty pound a session because all that client then thinks about is thirty pound a session. If I do two sessions a week, that's going to cost me X, Y, and Z. And all they think about is money, as opposed to look. What result do you want? This is the result that you want. This is the result I can give you. This is how much it's going to cost. Then once that's sorted, boom, done. Forgotten about it. Right now, yeah. focus on what's important: getting that flipping result. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you. And- and, you know, PTs do not get that kind of support and mentoring. Like, because that is, you know, getting that business plan together. That's where they need the mentor. They need the support. You know, because we all we all want to get it right. So, you know, oh, can I do that? Now, can I insist on a three-month program? You bet you can. You know, you need contracts in place. You need terms and conditions. It's really important. Enough, otherwise, you're going to get stung. People sue people. That's what happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, is it a business or are you helping a mate? Th- there's your question, right?
0: Yeah, that that's so good, isn't it? Is it a business or is it a mate? Because a lot of people do it. It's just, well, I'm just training Fred, John and, and Sandra. Which they, well, is it just a hobby then? Or are you trying to make a living out of it? You've got to decide, don't you?
1: Yeah, because, you know, the wellness industry is blowing up. You've just got to become serious about it. About a business, you're not just a PT. You're a business. You have a power to change people's lives. You know, you're not just there to lose weight, lean up, whatever. You're going to change their lives. That's inevitable. So, step up and take it. Like, take the responsibility.
0: That's it. It is such a big responsibility. It is. It is actually people's health that you have in your hands that you can actually transform. I think that's a when people realize that it's amazing it's like you can literally transform someone's life you can take them in this misery that they're in and make them healthier and happier
1: exactly it's a bit
0: of a cliche but it's it, it's, true. it's
1: true yeah it's very true you know and i've i've seen people people that used to come to my yoga class that looked insane like their physiques were insane but they were miserable as sin their minds just weren't there you know, so it's it's the whole package to feeling good, you've got to look good, feel good. It's all there. It's not just, you know, you go down the gym, you're going to feel better. Yeah, of course you are. But if that mind is, you know, not, not right, we, you're going to have a problem. So, yeah.
0: It's a big, big part. I think I, one of the biggest things that I came across was, the, and that you feel, I suppose at the point you do feel a little bit of Maybe why you go down the mindset route, isn't it? Because you find all these problems with people and it's not just about a train. Training becomes like a really small part of it. Like the yoga becomes a small part of it. Is it important? Absolutely. But it's that mindset thing. You think, I need to learn more about this. Now, how can I how can I really start talking to someone in a way that gets them to think differently? One when it first clicked for me, I'd done it um it was I think I've got the book up there somewhere. It was a motivational interview, in, motivational interview, and behavioral change um yeah. it was like a weekend course it blew my mind and i thought oh man, i'm not even going to enjoy this I just, but i came out of it and i was just like that was the best course i've ever done in my life i got loads of insights myself but it was just a totally different way of looking at your client and i think even just little things like that to add into your personal training you know arsenal to go and do these things where you start learning more about behavior change you know human behavior and psychology and you know how you can talk to people and actually listen and not just talk it's game changing
1: yeah and do you know what that the underlying key to that is listening emotional intelligence
0: emotional intelligence that's what i was going to say
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) emotional intelligence
1: yeah if you're high in that you're going to be smashing it when it comes to relationships and everything yeah yeah it's a key component
0: it's powerful there's one thing i want to touch on with you actually because i think for a lot of not so much online personal trainers i think online personal trainers are they kind of think a little bit differently but offline personal trainers they're very scared of coming online that's what i'm finding at the minute they're very scared to kind of come online but as a a natural progression for somebody who's offline it's to open their own facility I talk to trainers all the time and they say, oh, I want to have my own gym. I want to have my own facility. I was the same. It was just, I want this building. I want to have my own facility. It'd be amazing. I got loads of people in. But that's not the reality, is it? When you very first start off, it's there's a lot of investment. It takes a lot of upfront capital. So it just is, how much, if someone was thinking about now, listen, this the thing about opening their own facility. I mean, yours was quite a big place. It was 3,000 square foot. So it's actually quite similar yeah. to the size I had. I mean how much did you have to put up front, if you don't mind us saying actually? How much do you actually have to put up front before you could actually get into that place?
1: Well, it needed quite a lot of work doing to it. So in all, the the initial was just short of a hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. It it was, you know, it was mega money. It was mega money.
0: <laughs> it, did you expect it to cost you that much?
1: Yes and no. I I had really grand vision, so I think I'm I'm very much. I've always been of the mindset: you pay for what you get. You know, like that coach, ten grand for ten weeks. Like shit, took my breath away a little bit, but straight away my thought was: you pay for what you get. This guy's gonna deliver. So I am I am a little bit <laughs> I'm a little bit naughty for that person that will always go for the more expensive thing. Cause I do believe you pay for what you get. So mm. it was a big center. I wanted it to be top notch. You know, I, I wanted it to blow people's minds. I wanted people to feel like it was home, but professional at the same time. So there was no expense spared, no expense spared, but that money was made back pretty quick, you know, and like it, it did the job. But you know, what I will say is, I did have a very big following before I opened it up. So I was very confident. Like I will tell you now, like the first year of me teaching yoga, I I took fifty-four thousand pounds. That's just Just from
0: just from teaching yoga. Just from
1: teaching yoga and I did one yoga retreat that year.
0: Really? So
1: you know, I kind of knew. I was like, right. And I knew what I could achieve, if that makes sense. But you know, like what you've done. You don't need to spend loads of money. It depends what you can to achieve. I know loads of PTs that have opened up very similar to you, their own little space. And it's working a treat, you know, and they've, they've done sort of 10, 15,000 to get out with all the equipment and whatnot. And it's worked. It's worked brilliantly.
0: That's it. I think it's, it's, it's understanding what you're doing for, isn't it? For your mm-hmm. perspective, you wanted this place to be the best place ever. And if that's what you want, then you have to expect to, to pull out for that. But if you want it to be somewhere where you can just get amazing results with a select few clients, then that's totally different. And this is what the 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 thing i find a out with the personal trends, with trends at the minute is they think they need this amazing facility to get results. So what they're doing is they're selling people the tools and they're saying, well, you know, this gym's got this, this and this and I can offer you that. And they're selling people features and it's like, look. You could get, you could take somebody into a field with the kettlebell and give them amazing workout and get them results. Not just with the kettlebell, but on the outside of it, like help them with the nutrition. And that is all you need. If you can do that, you're an amazing coach. That should be your, like, that's what you should be working towards. You can do that. Yeah. It's not to say that you should hire a field out and scrap the gym, but don't be selling people the features. Not- yeah.
1: And, you know, don't, don't see that as a negative either. You know, like for me, if someone said to me, like, especially during lockdown, come and meet me in a field, I've got kettlebells, you can come and train. I would be so up for that. And I know a lot of people feel so intimidated walking in gyms So actually they're gonna prefer that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, know your market, who do you wanna work with? Not everyone wants to be working on machines. You know, like they have one PT session with someone They show them the machines once, they go the next time and can't remember how to use it. So they don't bother. How many times has that happened? Too many times.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, That's it. That's why you understand the people that you work with are so important because everybody is so different. Somebody, you know, an 18-year-old kid who wants to grow muscles, guess where you're going to have to take him? You're going to have to take him where there's a lot of, resistance. You know, there's a lot of machines where you can give him a lot of volume and build his body up and get him used to that environment so he's testosterone and go through the roof and it can be a you know big ego-based dude. But then you've got the other side of it who's you know maybe like I say you've said before 50 year old obese lady who's maybe had a lot of issues in the past. The chances the last place she wants to be is a place in a gym.
1: Yeah. Absolutely so
0: going into a field with a kettlebell is going to be absolutely ideal for her. It's yeah. going to be perfect because yeah. there's going to be nobody else there. It's going to be quiet and she's not going to feel intimidated. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So where is, where is Rebecca now then? So what, who is Rebecca working with now? So you've gone from retreats and you would, you you would gravitate towards the mindset stuff. You're doing a lot of that anyway, but where does your journey see you go now?
1: So, now i i want to i want to build people emotionally with their emotional intelligence i want to train people's mindsets train them with their performance so everything has gone online for me i've stayed online and don't get me wrong it's been incredibly tough transitioning online purely because you've got to learn to be a videographer you've got you know you've got to learn how to deal with certain programs facebook Instagram oh my god like the list is endless isn't it you know and there's such a hype about to do well on online you need to be some sort of celebrity and post non-stop and that's not true so it has been really hard but for me I know that's where my future lies you know I I definitely don't want to go back into a studio I know that you know I just that's done for me Um, So, yeah, so I help people basically become powerful, confident leaders and whether they want to lead in business, whether they want to lead in their life, whatever it is, it's all about building confidence, getting clarity, you know, pushing them forwards to be whatever version of themselves they're looking to become. And that's where I am. And at the moment, I'm talking with some companies to go and do some corporate events for them, talk about how emotional intelligence can help because that is the foundation to everything. It really is, you know, as humans, we're designed to connect, we love connection. But if you can't do that, you're low in emotional intelligence and you're gonna really struggle. Whatever industry you're in, you're gonna struggle, you know? So, Yeah, that's where I am right now. Still do my training, still practice my yoga, my meditation, but just slightly different career now.
0: Awesome. So do you find yourself going more down the corporate route than you would maybe say a relationship route?
1: I think so, yeah. I do think so, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I think from what I've seen, there is so much, you know, mental health is going through the roof. It it was always there. Now it's more recognized, more accepted and thanks to the pandemic it has been really ignited and fired up and I think companies it's really important they learn how to support their employees as well because we spend most of our time at work and let's face it if an employee goes off sick because the company's not supporting them the company loses productivity they lose money it's not a win-win situation and companies are recognizing that now and are starting to step up and actually bring a bit of wellness and a bit of care to their employees so they're not in that cycle anymore so yeah 100% i just want to help people improve their lives and yeah that's that's what i want
0: and you've been there as well or having you you've you've managed a team you've got that side of it that you've done yourself yeah Even from, you know, your athlete days, you've been in that position of, I would say, high pressure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I was, you know, I was a high functioning stress addict at that time. I wasn't aware, but I was functioning on anxiety. I was, you know, the pressure was immense. It, It was very intense. So I totally understand all that. I know how to manage it. I know how to deal with it. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of aspects that, that I can certainly help people out with.
0: Nice. Well, I hope the future holds bright things for you, Rebecca. I'm sure it will.
1: Thank you. Yeah, me too.
0: I do have one final question to ask you, because this is what I ask everybody that comes on. And I'm always so intrigued by everybody's answer to this. But, uh-huh. So the, basically, when I started this podcast, it was about um, inspiring opportunity, freedom and growth. But that's kind of something that I really believe in there's a lot of opportunity in the world you know to get that freedom and and continuous growth but what does freedom mean to you
1: freedom okay freedom would mean to me my ability to make decisions without without the without worrying about the consequences you know of upsetting anyone else of it not being right freedom for me is definitely being able to decide on something and that's going to allow me to to live in line with what I'm looking to do you know whatever that may be that that's definitely freedom for me it's it's being able to speak up make a decision and not have someone say to me you can't do that that's not going to happen you're not going to do that that for me is freedom is is and I think that's probably why I've always been pretty much self-employed all my life. <laughs>
0: nice. Love it. Love it.
1: So I'm not sure if that's a great answer because that's the last thing I thought you were going to ask me.
0: <laughs> i just like to spring it on people at the very end there because it's, um, again, it's. I think it's something that you, you just think it comes up naturally doesn't it and it, it it's always good to get people's response because if they think about it for too much and start going too far into it but it's just that natural this is what freedom would mean to me the thing is in six months it might be different and you know you might have more to that in 12 months it could be different it's just it's where you're at now yeah no
1: that's all I've got for you I'm afraid on
0: that <laughs> well thank you very much Rebecca that was an awesome interview thank you I appreciate you coming on today if anybody wants to kind of get in touch with you they want to find out more about you where can they do that
1: you can find me on linkedin or instagram rebecca.p.fox or I'll give you some links for websites um yeah and you can find me there
0: brilliant well, um what I do is I'll put the links into the show notes so if anybody's on it they can click on the links and they can find out more about you But uh, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a real joy.
0: Excellent. See you soon.
1: Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the show today. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you being here. If you would like some free resources to help you with your business, then click in the show notes. There is some free training and there's also a link to my free group. If you could also share this podcast with anybody that you think would benefit from it, because this helps us actually develop the podcast and uh, spread our message to a wider audience, so that would be very, very grateful if you could do that. Uh, and leave us a comment, let me know how you are actually finding the show and you know how we can best serve you. So, yeah, so thank you for being here today. Um, click on the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you in my free group.